All right, great. Thanks, Terry. Uh, my name is Paul Tagliferri. I'm the chair of the Northboro Zoning Board of Appeals. It is February 27th, 2024, past the hour of 7 p.m. Uh, this open meeting of the Northboro Zoning Board of Appeals is being conducted remotely pursuant to Chapter 2 of the Acts of 2023, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency signed into law March 29th, 2023. All members of the Northboro Zoning Board of Appeals are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. This act uh, allows the Northboro Zoning Board of Appeals to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the chair knows otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northboro Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will feature public comment. Uh, members, when I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Uh, Susie Sizlika? Here. Uh, Mark Rutan? Here. Brad Blanchett? Here. Jeff Grabowski? Here. Staff, when I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Lori Connors? Here. Robert Federico? Here. All right, just some uh, some quick ground rules. Uh, for presenters or applicants listed on the agenda, the chair will invite each speaker or applicant on the agenda to, by name to make a presentation and speak to their application. Participants will provide their full name and hold until their name is called. Each speaker will be asked to mute their phone or computer when not speaking and to speak clearly and in a way that helps generate accurate meeting minutes. Those responding will be asked to wait until the floor is dealt to them by the chair. Speakers who wish to respond to, to the comments of others do so through the chair taking care to identify themselves. Each vote taken by the board of committee will be, co be conducted by a roll call vote. Uh, for members, uh, uh, for items with public comment, um, after members have spoken, the chair will afford public comments. This will occur after our, our hearing. Um, by phone, please dial star nine to raise your hand and wait for the, to be recognized by the chair. Please note that part of your phone number will be visible to those viewing the meeting. By Zoom, please click raise hand on the bottom of your screen and wait to be recognized by the chair. Chair will ask members of the public who wish to speak to identify their names and addresses only. Once the chair has a list of all public commentators, the chair will call on each by name and afford three minutes uh, for any comment. Okay, uh, so first up on the agenda tonight is a continuation of the consideration of the petition for an appeal of the inspector <clears throat> of building buildings zoning enforcement officer's determination regarding the use of the property located at 339-334 West Main Street, Map 81, Parcel 16 and 17 in the Business West Zoning District and Groundwater Protection Overlay District Area 3, submitted by Trade B Treatment and Recycling of Northboro LLC. Okay. Uh, so I believe, Lori, we have uh, Mark Donahue. Mark, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me yet? Yes, I can hear you, Mark. How are you doing? Good. How's everyone? Good. Uh, is there anyone else you are expecting um, on this call tonight? Uh, should be Steve Rodriguez. Okay. You see him. Yes, the chair. I do. <clears throat> Steve Rodriguez is here. You can hear me. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Doing fine. How about yourself? Uh, doing great. Uh, so, Mark, is it just your... Uh, you and Steve for speakers? This, this is it. We're, we're okay. playing shorthanded against all of you, but we'll, we'll okay. do our best. Okay. 
Um, so, so just to summarize, um, and Mark, we'll, we'll get to you in, in just a sec. Uh, so just to summarize sort of uh, what we're dealing with tonight. Um, so this is not a special permit or a variance. Uh, this is an appeal of a determination by Bob Federico, uh, Northboro Zoning Enforcement Officer. Um, so essentially, uh, to summarize, uh, there was a letter from the applicant dated March, uh, sorry, not March, September 12, 2023, for um, requesting Bob to make an, uh, an interpretation on the property. There was a, a subsequent follow-up email on October 20th of 2023, um, in which they were requesting to for Bob to make a determination about the use of the property. Um, I believe in the letter dated September 12th, um, the applicant confirmed that the use of a hazardous waste facility was no longer a viable option since it had expired past the two years. Uh, but we're looking for <clears throat> a determination with regards to the, its use as a contractor's yard. Um, there was a response from the zoning enforcement officer uh, in an email dated October 25th of 23, um, which denied um, or which denied essentially the applicant's interpretation that it was being used as a contractor's yard, um, citing uh, several points about it hadn't been, it's been over the two years and, and such. Um, and so the applicant has now filed an appeal and that is why it is before us tonight. Is that a um, general, is that a, a valid summary um, of that? Okay, Bob. So Mark, I think I think we can start with you um, and, and your team. If, if you kind of just want to go through sort of, um, you know, your presentation or your explanation on what exactly it is that you're looking for. Sure. Sure. For, uh, for the record, uh, Mark Donahue from Fletcher Tilton on behalf of Tredebi Treatment and Recycling of Northborough LLC. And with me, as I indicated, is Steve Rodriguez of Tredebi, who, uh, with your authorization, will provide some testimony. <clears throat> the chair has adequately summarized uh, how we got here. It's an appeal of a decision of the building inspector, which under the zoning bylaw, you know, your board has jurisdiction. The, the facts are relatively straightforward, at least up to 2021. So they're the worth um, you know, reciting and making sure that the table is set. Uh, the site in question, 339 to, to 345 West Main Street, had been used for an extended period of time um, by a hazardous waste contractor, previously known as Zecco Inc. Um, they, they used the site uh, not just for the storage of equipment, in vehicles, but they were also actively involved in the uh, storage, the uh, acceptance and the transportation of hazardous materials. Some time ago, Tredebi acquired Zecco Inc. and continued to operate the, um, the facility in the same manner for an extended period of time. It served two purposes for the company uh, at that, through for an extended period of time. It was licensed to receive, contain, and transport hazardous materials. Some of you may recall going to the facility, both under Zecco's ownership and, and Tredebi's, for hazardous waste uh, recycling days or collection days, uh, which is served. But equally important, what it served, it was basically a base of operations for the, uh, the business with administrative offices, uh, field staff, business development people, all at the facility using it on a regular basis 
together with the rear part of the site, which is fenced off physically from the rest with some security fencing and the like and screen being used to store uh, the both the, the, the receptacles for the hazardous materials, but also vehicles, equipment, different types of uh, equipment utilized, supplies, uh, in the nature of the business of um, both Tradevi and before that Zecco, which was essentially dealing in the regular course of business with hazardous materials and also being responsive to release uh, of hazardous materials uh, into the environment in some fashion. The section or that portion of the business that dealt with dealing physically with those hazardous materials by taking them and storing and transporting them through the site ceased in 2021, but um, since then, that was really the issue of what has occurred. Um, to support the uh, argument that we made to Mr. Frederico, that Tredebi had continued to use the site as an administrative center, and also most importantly for a site that it would field personnel would come to on essentially a daily basis to pick up company vehicles, company equipment, then go out into the field, do their business, and then return at the end of the day. We had submitted the affidavit of Mr. Rodriguez, who had worked for the company for an extended period of time and was the field service manager um, uh, until 2021 and then continued to, to operate out of the facility until 2023. Um, what that affidavit indicates and what Mr. Rodriguez will expand on in a moment is that the, the site consistently housed the vehicles of the company which ran from larger you know, vehicles of diesel size engines to smaller type of vehicles and also equipment that would roll such as pumps and other types of equipment as vacuum trucks, pickup trucks and other specialized vehicles uh, in that nature. Supplies such as booms and, and other supplies utilized in the um, handling of hazardous waste were stored on the site. Personal protective equipment to be utilized by the employees was delivered to the site and stored at the site. And that all continued until um, 2023, uh, January of 2023, when the company consolidated, withdrew of its operations from Northborough at that time. And so the reason that this is important is to allow Tredebi to move forward and dispose of the property in some orderly fashion and to allow a potential purchaser or a lessee to know how they can utilize the property. But that needs to occur because the two years has clearly started as of January 2023 by January 2025. The question is whether it can continue in 2024 or not. Um, I think it would be helpful to the board, Mr. Chair, with your permission, if Mr. Rodriguez will have the opportunity to explain uh, his experience and how the company operated during that period of time, the types of equipment that he utilized during that period of time. We submitted as part of his affidavit third-party invoices for different things such as diesel exhaust fluids, um, uh, personal protective equipment, uh, fence repairs and the like. Mr. Rodriguez was involved in all of that ordering and, and supplies and he can explain it best. So with your permission, I'd like him to be able to provide the board some testimony. Sure, yeah. Steve? All right, thank you, Mark. Thank you to everyone. Uh, yeah, basically, Mark said is correct. Uh, I, I started with the company back in 2003, uh, when we were an active facility, receiving waste and, and transporting it to our other treatment facilities. Uh, we we stopped receiving in waste after a while. We were operating just as a service center out of the North Borough office. 
And, and what that means that we were we were dispatching our crews and equipment from Northboro to, to cover our clients needs and and pretty much the Northeast, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont. Uh, we have similar offices in New Hampshire and uh, New York. Uh, and that's how we basically continued running right until, until the last day in January of 2023. And with that, Matt, we, we had a, a variety of different uh, equipment that we ran out of there, pressure washers, trailers, skid steers, um, all all. all very specific to our industry. Um, and the, the amount of people fluctuated throughout the years. We had as many as 25 guys working out of there um, in, in the field. They were being dispatched out of there and uh, six to eight people in the office. Um, around COVID, those numbers went down quite a bit, um, but we maintained the, uh, a crew out of there and drivers. Uh, we typically had a half dozen larger commercial vehicles that ran out of that facility and that's that's why we had the uh def fluid there the the trucks would would top off their def before they go on the road in the morning um and they get fuel outside we we used to have fuel tanks there years ago we had those removed but we maintained the def um simpler for for the driver and for the crews they they would come in we dispatch them out of there. Uh, they typically go out of the yard anywhere from four in the morning to, to six in the morning. They go out to the customer site, work the project, and then come back at the end of the day. And those times vary, sometimes very late at night, six, seven o'clock at night. And same, same apply to the drivers. Um, after COVID, it was getting harder to find people and, and they took a look at the business. We have another operation in Stoughton, Mass, where we received uh, waste and we decided to consolidate everything. So and that's why we shut down the, the operations in Northborough. But I, I kept an office there right to the last day from consecutively from 2000, the end of 2003 until 2023. And if I might, Mr. Chair. Um, sure. Um, perhaps, um, uh, Steve, you can explain what um, diesel exhaust fluid uh, does or how it is handled. Uh, and from the invoices submitted, you were receiving, um, you know, fairly large quantities, um, of close to 200 gallons at a time of that, uh, and how that demonstrates the use of the vehicles out of that site. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, the newer the newer diesel vehicles all require the fluid as part of the emissions. Um, so the the you basically go through a tank of DEF fluid with a tank of fuel. Um, all all the commercial trucks that would go out there, they they would use the DEF that we provided at the facility before they go out on the road, and then they'd fill up the diesel at, at a commercial fill up station down the street or or wherever we had an account. Um, but at, at every single commercial diesel vehicle that, that we've purchased in the last 10 years are in the DEF fluid. Specifically, what would happen if the truck needed it or not, they would top off every day. That's why we kept the supply of it there. Nowadays, when this first started, it was uh, uh, harder to, to source this, they, they either have to purchase it at, at fuel station 
in individual containers. Uh, now, now they're selling it. It's more, it's more readily available. But uh, to to help support those trucks, we we made it available to every location that trucks are dispatched from. Okay. Thanks, um, Bob. You have a quick question. I just wanted to add something to what Steve said about um, diesel exhaust fluid. Um, it's it's a, it, the material itself. If people are wondering if it's toxic or poisonous or whatever, um, it is not dangerous to the environment. Um, so it cannot be treated as a fuel or a toxic chemical or something that is a petroleum product. It's basically a mixture of urea and uh, just uh, purified water that gets mixed in with the diesel exhaust. Um, and it provides for a cleaner um, emissions uh, for the diesel-powered vehicle. So if anybody's wondering if this DEF fluid is what it's referred to, is dangerous to the environment, realizing that this was a site that had toxic chemicals on it, it is not a danger. Um, so there's, there's there's no worry about, you know, well, diesel exhaust fluid is on site, it's toxic, it's poisonous, it's dangerous. It is not. I just wanted to make that point. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Bob. I, I guess, Bob, just a quick question on that then. Um, is diesel exhaust fluid um, sort of something that you would find uh, in most places that would have sort of trucks that have diesel engines in it? Yeah, I mean, you, you can you can purchase it at almost any auto parts store or tractor supply. Uh, most of your larger truck stops have it available at the pump to pump by the gallon. Uh, you can buy it in bulk, as um, as uh, 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 Mr. Donahue has, has stated. Um, so, you know, it, it would be acceptable to have this stuff near, um, you know, in the proximity of, of diesel-powered vehicles. Okay. Diesel-powered vehicles most likely have this sort of product around, hanging around, regardless of whatever the use is. Okay. Well, it's, um, I, I, this, I think this started back in... I forget when I started, but I think all diesel-powered vehicles manufactured over after 2015, I believe, or 2016, um, is required to have it. So even if you were to buy a diesel truck today, you know, for your home use, um, the DEF is, is going to be required. Uh, it's required in all highway trucks, all utility trucks, moving trucks, school buses, anything with a diesel engine with a federal Department of Transportation uh, approval. So thanks, Bob. Me, if I might, Mr. Chair, um, for, for sure. our purposes, I, I think what the invoices indicate, which go as late as November of 2022 as submitted, was that significant supplies of this non-hazardous material were being received at the facility because the diesel trucks were also at the facility. And while the fueling of those with diesel fuel had stopped some time ago, and they therefore got fuel in a third party source. The reason that the deliveries are shown here is because that's where the vehicles were. And that's consistent with the contractor's yard concept. That the bylaw defines a contractor's yard in section 7-05-020 IC6. Um, as I'll just take the chance to read it, yards including administrative office and structures used by builder, contractor, subcontractor, landscaper, tradesman, a similar business, 
dedicated to the storage of their vehicles, equipment, machinery, tools, materials, fabrications, and the sale of their materials, blah, blah, blah. That's exactly what Mr. Rodriguez explained, just described to you, was being done by the company. One of the things about the nature of the business, as Mr. Rodriguez pointed out, is to the passerby and the like, it's a relatively, it was a relatively innocuous business. People would come with their passenger vehicles, park them in the lot, either go inside and do their administrative work or otherwise. The field personnel would show up early in their personal vehicles, park them there, go in the back, load up the equipment and leave for the day. Um, you know, it wasn't in and out a kind of activity. It wasn't type of, you know, people coming during the course of it. Um, I'm sure Mr. Rodriguez can describe as, as people went out, as the field personnel went out, they had multiple places to go and they didn't have a reason to return until the end of the day when they were essentially swapping out in some fashion. Uh, if there was an emergency, then the company would need to respond and there might be activities with personnel showing up at odd hours. But it was a fairly quiet, for lack of a, um, uh, a different term, type of business, um, which goes to the lack of any kind of physical evidence of either um, uh, knowledge of people knowing what was going on there. That's part of the reason that the screening was on the fence was to have some level of, of privacy there, or the lack of any kind of photographic evidence of uh, large activity at the site. Um, you know, when, when the site was successful, when um, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on at the site after the morning because people were out going out to call on customers and make business. So the, the use as described by Mr. Rodriguez, we think is four square on the definition of contractors yeah, under the bylaw. Um, uh, in hindsight, we probably should have provided some more of that information to Mr. Federico uh, in our initial submittal, um, but we did not um, uh, at that time provide it as part of the supplemental information. Yeah, and just to expand on that, that Mark, it was very, very correct. Is I, I, I was the operations manager, the dispatcher there for, for many, many years. And after five o'clock in the morning, it was very quiet there. Um, depending on where the guys were coming back from, there were days that I wouldn't see them either. They'd come back six, seven o'clock at night. Um, so you, you really wouldn't see. Most of the time, the, the, the guys would leave before the sun was up and they'd be back way past the sun was down. Uh, there wasn't much activity at the site other than the guys loading equipment into the trucks and then leaving and then the, the opposite at the end of the day. So anybody driving by looking in, you wouldn't really see anything. There would be a few of us in the office throughout the day, and, and that would be about it. Okay. Um, so the first question I have is, uh, can you confirm when Trade B um, started operating the site as a hazardous waste facility? That goes back to the Zecco operation. Uh, I don't have that specific date, but it has to be, it has to be more than 30 years. Yes, that's, uh, uh, you, it was three different names. Zecco sold to United Industrial Services and United Industrial Services sold to Trinette. Um, Echo was in business there since the seventies, I believe. Um, United bought Zecco in the late nineties, early two thousands, and then Trudeve bought it from them in uh two thousand 
2013, I think it was. It's been in constant use since it was built by Zeco. Yeah. Okay, so Trade B took over the the site as a hazardous waste facility in 2013. Yes, correct. Yep. They they stopped receiving in way we kept the permit right till twenty twenty one, but we physically hadn't been receiving waste and I, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it had been a long time. Yeah, there's, there's no argument. Hazardous waste receipt uh, is seen in your table of uses as a different use, and there's no argument from the applicant that that use has lapsed um, and cannot be renewed absent relief from this board. So. Okay. So I, I guess my question is from 2013 until I think it was January of 2021, Treasury operated that site as a hazardous waste facility? It, it was licensed as one. It, you know, it, it held a license um, and, and was required. That license and the closure proceedings happened in 2021. I think what Mr. Rodriguez is indicating is that before that, the company had stopped using it for hazardous waste, but I'll let him speak to that directly. Yep, that's correct. We stopped receiving. We, we had storage tanks there as part of the permit. We stopped storing waste there, receiving in waste. It was shortly after I, I came to the North Bird in 2005, 2006, um, all, all the waste was being received at our Stilton plant. So we were basically just operating that as a contractor yard. We held the permit because we had intent of maybe repurposing it. Uh, we were working with DEP for a long, long time, trying to come up with ideas um, to maybe re repurpose the permit. And then in 2021, we decided not to, and we went through the full closure. That was a that, that's a closure proceeding that is overseen by DEP, and that's that's how the 2021 date is is the finalization of that and the sign off of DEP. Yep, sorry about that. Yeah, closure of the, the the permit, not not the facility. Okay. Um, Lori, I, I think you had your hand raised, but it's not raised anymore. Do you have? Um, I just want to point out that I I was able to find a file on this property in the planning office, and there was a record in that file that as of September 13, 1989, the Zoning Board of Appeals issued a groundwater protection overlay special permit. And special permit was site plan review to Zecco Incorporated for construction of an unloading pad and canopy for an existing waste oil, waste gasoline, and water storage facility. So that means it was operating as a hazardous waste facility at least in 1989, most likely before that. Okay, thank you. Um, so I guess, um, With regards to the contractor's yards definition, right? Um, is it just the fact that there was an administrative office and structure 
and that you had a similar business dedicated to the storage of your vehicles, equipment, machinery? Is that what you're sort of basing your case off of in terms of the use as a contractor, Jared? The, the, the site continued until 2023 to be used uh, for administrative offices by a contractor, contractor involved in the hazardous waste business, who also use a lot, utilize it for the storage of vehicles, equipment, machinery, tools, materials um, involved in that business. Um, so it's, it's both components uh, are, are in place here. Um, the equipment component was uh, as, if not greater in importance to the company at that, during that period of time than the administrative function. So, but they, they ran, you know, uh, together. And I'm sure Mr. Rodriguez can describe how uh, time records and billing and everything else worked from the administrative office as people came and went with equipment and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. The, the, everyone that worked out of there punched in and out of that shop, um, they had time clock space there um, for, for all the hourly employees. It is very similar. Our neighbors right next to us, uh, it was all state power back there for, for many, many years. The exact same function as we did. They, they were actually one of our competitors. We, we did the exact same type of work, same type of equipment that ran out of there. Um, it, it, it was you know, the administrative side of things was more for um, convenience. Some of the, the uh, sales reps lived nearby, so they they had an office there. We had some admins in there, but honestly, that that part could have been done at any of our other locations. It was the the, the shop that that was the value to us. Um, we many of our clients were in Boston. Um, Next closest facility we had at that time was Connecticut. So dispatching crews from Connecticut to Boston didn't make sense. We were running guys out of North Road to get closer to there and cover that part of the, the state. Um, are there any questions from the board? Um, yeah, I guess question. Uh, yeah, Jeff, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm either for Mark or Steve. <clears throat> I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about how much the contractor's yard aspect of the business changed after the business stopped receiving hazardous waste. I know, Mark, you just mentioned that the equipment part of the business may have been more important. So does that mean that they're were more uh, trucks stored uh, at the yard after uh, the business stopped receiving hazardous waste? Um, I, I, certainly, um, through you, Mr. Chair. Um, you know, Steve can talk with more uh, eloquently than I can, but I think he just kind of answered the question, which is, you know, there was business opportunities and business that was being fulfilled in Eastern Massachusetts um, by Tredebi. Uh, where the equipment, if it wasn't in Northborough, the next closest piece was in Connecticut. Um, and so uh, I assume that an awful lot of the Massachusetts area, both Metro West, Greater Boston, and Central Massachusetts, uh, and maybe West, was serviced out of here with the, the ability to place, you know, be able to have essentially a repository for equipment, different types of, you know, vacuum pumps and other types of pieces of equipment that go with it other than just 
uh, a diesel um, truck in some fashion um, to be able to do all of that. So I think that was always an important component of it because there's, you know, as Mr. Rodriguez can describe in more detail, the, the business of handling hazardous waste has a lot of pieces of equipment to it. And so, and they all need some place to go. I'm sure in its heyday, because of the paucity of places to go, the hazardous material storage was probably really important at one point um, because it's not a real popular use uh, for people. Uh, so it would be hard to measure it at some point. But as I think Mr. Rodriguez indicated, even when they were taking materials for a period of time before the closure plan, there was thought about how to reactivate that and use it because it was a unique use. But Steve, maybe you can explain what kind of equipment's involved and how this became kind of a repository for it. Right, yeah, no problem. It is when we um, were receiving in waste, uh, the Northboro location wasn't a treatment facility, it was just a storage facility. So we'd receive in waste from the Northern part of the state. Uh, the trucks would go out, the crews would go out, they'd collect it on the trucks, they'd come back, they'd offload into the uh, the tanks in Northboro, and then from there they would get trucked again to a treatment facility. Uh, uh, our, our treatment facility at that time in Connecticut, uh, Meriden, Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut, or Boas, New York. Um, then we purchased the uh, the ECC facility in, in Stoughton, Massachusetts, which was that has on-site storage and treatment. So it became more practical to bring waste directly to where it was being treated rather than storing it in Northboro and then trucking it up. Um, so the only component of the business that actually changed was receiving in waste at Northboro. The trucks that were out collecting it still remained in Northboro. We, we kept the same amount of people, the same amount of equipment in Northboro. The only difference was the, the waste was, wasn't being stored there anymore. Okay, thanks. No problem. Uh, Mark. Um, uh, I'd ask, like to ask Bob, um, on making a determination on this, uh, what part of their argument did you not buy? Do you think there just wasn't the activity there up to the 23rd, uh, the, uh, January 23, or do you think that... Uh, it was just not sufficient as a contractor yard for what was going on there. Um, sure, I can answer that. Um, back in, uh, let me get it. Um, okay. Um, I received the request to make that the, the determination whether it's a contractor yard or not back in the fall. And um, I sent the determination out. We had a couple of email chats back and forth. And basically I, I, I thought I intimated that you know, I didn't have enough evidence to show that it was in fact used as a contractor yard within the past two years. Uh -huh. um, it wasn't until February 16th or 20th when I received uh, the latest package of um, uh, information with the invoices and things like that, that 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 attempted to describe, you know, the fact that they were using it as a contractor's yard. Okay, so in in the meantime, uh, the appeal, um, the request for the appeal had been filed. Okay, so I didn't receive this any uh, additional package any sooner or later than than when you did. Uh -huh. um, after reviewing it, I, I looked at a few things and. 
you know, I, I, I don't, um, I don't distrust the affidavit of, of, of Steve Rodriguez. I've, I've met him once or twice and he's a fine gentleman and I've got no reason to doubt what he's saying. Um, some of the invoices, especially for the deaf, um, are kind of beyond the two years. And I, I think they're kind of outdated. I suppose you could use them as evidence that some sort of a contractor's yard was used, but the, all of the uh, Dennis Burke invoices are literally old. Um, in, in, in terms of this exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you know, I drive by that facility every day. Um, and I have not noticed the type of activity that, that, that has been described as, as a contractor's yard of any type or having that many people on site. Um, that's my observation. Uh, I've also, um, you know, looked at, um, you know, several aerial um, photos, you know, whether it's Google Earth or whatever, and going back a few years to see what kind of activity has been going on. And I'm looking for trucks and the types of equipment that they're talking about, and I hadn't seen any. So, you know, the, the documents appear to be legitimate. I'm not going to doubt that. But I don't have enough evidence to feel comfortable falling off of the top of the fence on either side. So I think in this case, um, you know, because of my inability to make a decision clear cut one way or the other, um, I'm 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 deferring to you folks to, okay. to 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 see how you feel about this. Right. So there's nothing uh, overwhelmingly convincing here that would drive you to reverse your decision outright. But then again. I, you know, I, 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 like I said before, I have, I really have nothing either way mm-hmm. to be conclusive and, and feel confident about it. Right. Um, that, that's why, you know, I think you folks are going to have a, a kind of a bigger role to play and in, in, in see where your comfort level is. Um, um, like I said, you know, this information came a little bit late and I reviewed as much of it as I could, mm-hmm. but I, I, do, I don't have enough to, to fall off the fence on this one. Okay. Thank you. And just if you don't mind me adding, it, 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 I completely understandable. If you were driving by during the day, it wouldn't look like anything was happening there other than an office with some lights on. Everything that happened happened behind the fence, and and it happened early in the morning, late at night during the day. It, it was it, I'm similar to what I'd imagine a landscape company is right. So they store their equipment, they they load their trucks, and then off they go. Uh, it's essentially what our guys did. Uh, you know, normal normal business hours. It, uh, you'd probably see my truck, and that, there's a, a a tree line um, for the for the front of the yard. Uh, if you're facing the property off to the left, that's where almost everyone parked their personal vehicles. It was kind of hidden from the road a bit. Um, that that's another reason to the to the right where it's wide open. There was only one or two folks that parked on that side, um, and, and many of our guys had company vehicles too. So they'd go there, load up their equipment, and then they they uh, go to the job site, come back, unload, and they take those vehicles home. Um, so some of those vehicles weren't stored stored there overnight. The larger ones definitely were. Uh, there, there's still some utility trucks parked there today. That we haven't haven't gotten out of there yet. There's still some equipment sitting there that we still have to get out. Um, but you know, it was active right until the day. Um, 
Trudeau Bay made the business decision to shut, shut it down. Okay, thanks. Um, Bob, I, I guess I have a question. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like this property has been used since, say, the 1970s or 80s as a hazardous waste facility. Mm -hmm. um, and in about 20, 2009, when the bylaws changed, that sort of made hazardous waste facilities and contractors' yards and the rest mm -hmm. of like in business west um, mm -hmm. no longer an option. I guess it sounds like the principal use, though, of this site is a hazardous waste material and the contractor's yard or the section of the contractor's yard that the applicant is making a case for is sort of um, an accessory to what the actual principal use is, meaning like they're a hazardous waste facility, they're transporting hazardous waste. Oh, by the way, we contract out with our trucks to pick up the, the waste and bring it back from one spot to another. Mm -hmm. And so I guess when they ceased operating as a hazardous waste facility, and then let's say they continued using trucks there, right? That means that their accessory use would move to a principal use and therefore an expansion of a pre-existing non-conforming use. Would that be, does that sound the, the use of a hazardous waste facility slash contractor's yard, um, I, I, I think they kind of went hand in hand when the um, hazardous waste operation was in force and they had the storage tanks and whatnot. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's any really denying that. Um, but all of that becomes pre-existing non-conforming. Um, it's very easy to determine that the, you know, the chemical storage and the chemical processing or whatever it is they were doing <laughs> with that stuff, um, you know, ceased when they took the tanks out, you know. So the remainder is, you know, where they really, you know, I I, I haven't seen the, the visual evidence that that's actually been using that as a contractor's yard, <laughs> excuse me, for the past couple of right. years. That that's that's where I that's where I fail to see um, the evidence. Okay. If, Thanks, if I might, Mr. Chair. Um, sure. I, I mean, it, I'm not going to deny this. Is we don't have any photographs. It's it's not a real photogenic kind of business that, yeah. that you know end up with that. But you know, you have the testimony, the live testimony of somebody who says he was there was in a position of responsibility, as you indicated, Mr. Frederico, you came to know him and, and you know, at least had opportunity to know he was a position in that kind of position. And you have evidence that demonstrates that the type of materials that are related to a contractor's yard, such as a diesel exhaust fluid, such as the type of equipment listed in the fastenal, um, uh, uh, invoices um, of uh, gloves and uh, vests and um, uh, glasses and eye wash and the like are all consistent with contractors coming to and from the site. Um, so while there's there isn't a photograph, I think I think Mr. Rodriguez explains pretty well why there isn't because of the nature of the business. 
are they trying to split the use that pre-existed zoning essentially as a defined use going back that far um, between one and between a use and the other and saying that one was accessory to the other misses the point. The business in and of itself wasn't simply receiving, containing and transporting material from third parties. That business doesn't have an existence. It was critical to the business going back to when Zecco had it all the time through what Mr. Rodriguez had, is the ability to take equipment, go into the field, go to a customer's site, get that material, and then take it to where it has to be either stored or ultimately treated in some fashion. The equipment is as equally important as the storage of the of the material to the business. You can't do one, you can you can clearly do you can get by with simply just having the storage of the equipment because that's what is working it for the site during that period of time. But to suggest that somehow there was it was a minor use um, when they stopped receiving material as a way station, I think misses the point as to as Mr. Rodriguez explained it, the business grew so that it could actually the material could be one stop, one touch, take it to where it's going to be stored and treated. If you want to mind, uh, to make a clearer picture, is a lot of these trucks that were collecting the waste, uh, the crews were there loading the trucks. So uh, a large portion of our business is industrial cleaning. Uh, a lot of the large oil storage tanks that you see for, for the petroleum industry, that's what the guys out of that facility were doing. They were going to the customer sites. They, they were gearing up, going inside those tanks, stripping them out into our bag trucks. Then our vac trucks would take that to our facilities to offload. And, and like I mentioned, it, it was the, the difference was they weren't offloading in Northboro anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. They were offloading in Stoughton or Meriden and then coming back to Northboro to park the truck. And then the same thing with the, the, the crew after they were done loading a truck or done for the day. That's what they would also. They, they want to go back to the treatment facility. They'd come back to the yard. Okay. Um, are there any other questions from the board? Um, all right. Uh, this is a public hearing. Uh, if you are in the audience, um, please click the raise hand if you're on Zoom, or please dial star nine uh, if you are on by phone. Uh, okay, uh, so first I have Andy and Patty Kress. If you could just please uh, state your name and address. Hi, um, Andy or Patty? Uh, Patty Kress, Patricia Kress. I'm here with my husband, Andy. Hi. 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 We live at 60 Old Colonial Road, which is directly across the street from the parcel in question. I can tell you that in the past, there had been a lot of activity on that site, especially at four o'clock in the morning. The diesel trucks would quite frequently wake me up at four o'clock in the morning when there was activity. But I have not seen any activity similar to that in over two years, thankfully. And also in regards to that fence that is there that is falling down, that is tree damaged that I can see through, I see 
that property from behind every day. So I can tell you that the activity has not been there in the last two years. There's just broken down vehicles, vehicles that I do not see moving. There's, from my personal experience, from what I witness every day, there is not the activity that was just told to you. That, that's, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, next, we have uh, Eric Hansen. If you could just please uh, state your name and address. Yes, my name's uh, Eric Hansen, 6 Buck Hill Road. Um, can you all hear me? Uh, yes, fair. How are you? Um, I, I would also like to just reiterate what uh, Patty said just a moment ago and that I have not seen any trucks as they claim over the last two years. I drive out every single morning. I'm a school teacher. I leave around 6.45 in the morning. There's no, no activity. There's nothing happening. The only time I've seen a truck has been about a month ago. One of their pump trucks was parked there. One day it just showed up. It didn't move for a month. In fact, you could even see that from the snow tracks. They never went back there and plowed. They never moved it, nothing. And then all of a sudden it just disappeared. And I can't help, I'm sorry, but to think that they parked that truck there in hopes that maybe a satellite image would say, hey, look, we're still using it as a contractor's yard. There's been nothing else there. The last point I would just wanted to ask is if it was a waste facility and it was used as a waste facility until 2021 as their permit, then my question would be, how are they allowed, knowing it's a non-conforming use, to just all of a sudden change their um, identification to a contractor's yard. And shouldn't that have been run by the board first rather than to just say, oh yeah, now we're a contractor's yard. Oh, now we're this, now we're a welding shop. Now we're like, it, it seems crazy to me that they can just say, oh no, we were still using it as a contractor's yard. Most of the material also in the back there has been sitting still for well over two years. They have a lot of stuff. I would say they're not even using any of it. It's just been left behind until they eventually sell the property. That's all. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Eric. Um, so I see a hand raised for, uh, it just says Marchese. Hello? If you could just please yeah. state your full name and your address. Can you hear me? Uh, yes. If you could just. Yeah, okay. So Jason, Mar Jason Marchese, 19 Buck Hill Road. A uh, couple things. I leave for work at 530 in the morning pretty much every day. I go to Cambridge, uh, drive a long haul. Uh, for the last two years, I have not seen any activity, heard any, any activity. There's been uh, many years ago, four years ago, that a lot of issues of, 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 of noise in, 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 in complaints and stuff. Not to mention, I walk by that facility and the deterioration of that facility over the last two years. Cl 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 clearly, I see it as uh, nobody's there. The deterioration of that whole property, the, the, the fences that have fallen down, th there's obviously no activity on that facility. And you can walk by it and drive by it in in and you can just see there's no no one mowing the lawn, uh, the 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 cracks, the the everything, the the whole building is falling apart. So, for you know, you can't blame that on COVID. Uh, 
it's it, it's it's not um, an active site for the last two years. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, next is uh, Michael Kramer. If you could just please um, state your name and your address. Hi, Michael. Hi, good afternoon or evening. Uh, Michael Creamer, 1 Buck Hill Road. Uh, I'd just like to echo um, similarly to the previous statements that this does not appear to be used in, or upkept in the same manner. Uh, this, I live directly behind that property uh, right next to the old colonial address that was mentioned earlier. Um, and I completely agree with everything my, my colleagues and neighbors and had said recently. Okay. Thanks, Michael. All right. Um, I don't see any other hands raised. Hands raised in the audience. Brad, you want to just confirm that you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, yes, or Mr. Chair. Else? Yep. I don't see any other hands raised uh, in the audience okay. or under the attendee tab. Okay. Um, are there any other questions from uh, the board or staff at this time? Okay. Um, uh, Susie? Yeah, one. Sorry. I'll just add, I, um, I drive by different nights of the week for the past couple of years for dance, and I've never seen any activity later at night. I know a lot of the callers have been saying in the morning, and I know Bob had said he drives by every day, so... I'll just add in that I drive by for dance anywhere between the four o'clock to like 7.30 timeframe. And I haven't seen any activity for that end. I was gonna mention it in the discussion, but since the callers have been mentioning and Bob mentioned earlier, I'll just throw that in as well. Thank you. So I'll, I'll, I'll do that as a caller right now. Thanks. Um, if, if I might press the chair. Uh, we're just going to go with Brad for uh, real quick, and then Mark, we'll give you a chance to respond to Thank give you. you the last word on stuff. Uh, sure. Brad, did you have a question? Uh, no, Mr. Chair, but there is one oh. more hand raised uh, oh. under the okay. attendee tab. Okay, I'll just get to. Uh, uh, so there is a number, last three digits, 231. If you can just. Um, Star six to unmute. Star six to unmute. Thank you, Lori. Uh, so if you were on the phone and raised your hand, um, last three digits, two, three, one, if you can press star six to unmute your line. Uh, hello. Hello, yes. Can you hear me now? Yes, okay. we can hear you. If yeah. you could please just uh, state your name and your address, please. Yep. This is, this is Paul Krause, uh, 10 Buck Hill Road. Um, Hi, Paul. Hello. Paul, uh, you just went, again. You, yeah, you just went on mute. If you can press star six, please. There we go. There we go. Hi, Paul. Okay, hi. Yep. 
Yeah. So we, we have I to, think we, we can, uh, can you, you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, okay. Great. Go ahead. So, all right. Hi. So Paul Krause, 10 Buck Hill Road. Um, without going over, uh, you. I, 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 I've been pressing star six. It, it keeps, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Paul, we can hear you. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so, um, the, 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 the uh, without, without, you know, going back over the, the grass in the front hasn't been cut for more than two years. As Jason said, the fencing in the back, the trees have been falling all over it. Um, and, and there has been no upkeep on that property. Um, the, the, the biggest thing that before, before they left, they were, they were, uh, working on cars and like, kind of like hot rod truck type of cars, making a lot of noise. What if, if, if they were always working on cars before, does that them say now they can, they can fix automobiles at this facility? You know, and, and just make the make the uh, and change the use of it for whatever they were doing there that they shouldn't have been doing anyway. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous, you know. To and and I drive, I walk uh, at noon, I walk in the afternoons, I walk at nights, and I, I believe uh, Mr. Frederico is absolutely correct that that there is not the activity that that they pur are purporting. Uh, you don't see delivery trucks there. You don't see anything going on there whatsoever for the last two or three years. And last time they were trying to do something, I want to say three or four years ago, I called their Tredebi and they said at that time they hadn't had any, any work being done at that facility for two or three years prior to that. They said they basically pulled out of there. Uh, and that's when I called uh, whatever the, the other Tredebi office was wherever it was Braintree or I, I forget where it was, but um, I, that's, that's all I have to say. And, and uh, there's, there's absolutely no way that, that um, the, the amount of uh, I, when you walk by behind that facility, you know, you, you see, you don't see anybody going in or out of that. They're not, they're not doing it. They're, that's that's just false that uh that that there that there's all this activity going on there. Thank you very much. Uh Joanne here would like to say something too. Hello, Joanne Krause, Ten Buck Hill Road. Hi, Joanne. Uh, hi. I just wanted to um ask I thought that it's zoned for business west. Is that correct? Uh that is correct, yes. Okay. Um and we have been fighting <laughs> Uh, this company at the end of our street, you know, so close to our drinking water now for 25 years. And, you know, we finally thought that they were gone and there was no activity there for over two years. We finally thought we wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. And I'm just asking you, since we now know this is a, it's zoned as Business West, I appeal to you to please vote no to, and do not allow these people to move in here. Okay. So, so, okay. so just, just for, okay. Thanks. So just for clarity, um, the applicant asked the zoning enforcement officer for a determination on the current use as a contractor's yard. Bob's initial determination was that it was not used as a contractor's yard and they are appealing his decision. So that's okay. why we are here to, we are here today. So, okay. That's just kind of, 
So, just to all right, I'm just back. appealing to you to, yeah, to, to, okay. to deny that then. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Um, okay, uh, I guess back to the board. Brad, did you have a question or was that, was that just? Nope, just want to let you know there, uh, someone had their uh, hand raised. Thank you. Um, all right, so uh, does the board or staff have any other questions? Uh, or comments for the applicant at this time. Okay, uh, Mark uh, and Steve, um, I'll give you, you guys can have one last chance to um, rebut or answer questions or ask questions. Sure, thank you for the opportunity. Sure. Um, so just, just to put the, the testimony of, of the um, neighbors in context, there's no disagreement that the facility has not been used in the last 13 months. Um, Mr. Rodriguez's affidavit indicates it was fully closed uh, in July, I'm sorry, that January of 2023. No, no disagreement that there's no activity in the last 13 months. What it sounds like is that there's some question or difference in memory as to what happened perhaps during calendar year 2022 uh, or even late 2021. Um, and I guess I'd ask Mr. Rodriguez to, if he, if he can recall, talk about the process of Tredebi ultimately repositioning all of this equipment and how that went through the course of 2022. Yeah, so the, once we made the decision that, that we were going to close the permit, the, the waste receiving side of the business at Northborough, um, the tanks that were stored in the tank farm there were removed. Um, they were actually shipped to our, our plant in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and then we went through the full EPA closure. They, they, they did the whole process there in 2021. Uh, we, we had physically stopped putting waste in those tanks. Like, I can't remember the year, but it was 2005, 2006, somewhere around that era. Uh, like I mentioned before, the, the, that equipment remained. The tanks and the pumps that offloaded into those tanks were still there, just not being used. Um, and so we, we thought maybe there was going to be a different use for the property with that permit. Um, and then we, we just decided not to. But the guys were still being dispatched out of there to perform the service work, like I stated before, and bringing the waste to our other facilities. And that, like I said, was an active, uh, you know, the amount of people that did work out of there varied near to year towards the end. It was uh, not, not nearly as many as we had in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, but there was still not there. Right right up until I got notice on on January 27th, I believe, that, that on Monday we were relocating all the people and equipment on January 30th of 2023. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. No problem. Um, Mark, uh, Mr. Donahue, do, do you have any, um, do you guys have anything further to add here? No, we don't, Mr. Chen. Okay. Thank you. Um, so then I guess at this time for the board, um, I should say, I should ask the board, uh, do, do you feel comfortable with closing the case at this particular time? 
don't all speak at once. Yeah, Mr. Chair, I'm comfortable closing the hearing. Um, if uh, my other uh, zoning board members agree with that, be happy to make a motion. Mark, Jeff, Susie, do you guys? I'll. Yeah, I would second the motion. The motion. Okay. All right. um, so Brad yeah, made a motion. We have the information we need. Okay. Um, so Brad made a motion to close the hearing. Uh, Mark seconded. Um, we will do a roll call vote. Uh, Brad? Aye. Mark? Aye. Jeff? Aye. Susie? Aye. Uh, and I'm an aye as well. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Mark and Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, um, so I think for this case, um, just to kind of lay the ground or the groundwork, ground rules, whatever. Um, so this is obviously an appeal of, of a zoning enforcement officers, zoning interpretation um, in order for the board to overrule sort of Bob's determination, um, the board would need to vote in a supermajority meaning that there would need to be four out of the five members voting to overturn Bob's determination that this is not a contractor's yard. Um, so whatever motion that gets made, um, we can uh, make a motion to um, overturn Bob's decision and then take a vote whether if we think Bob is wrong we would vote yes to overturn. If we agree with Bob, we would vote no to um, deny the appeal. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. I always hate these things, kind of confusing and backwards and stuff, I feel like. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll just go first. I'll give my initial thoughts. Um, the thing I struggle with with this one is I don't see enough evidence there to overturn Bob's decision that it is a contractor's yard. Um, there is, you know, a testimony and affidavit from the applicant or an employee of, of, of the, uh, the business that's there. Um, but I felt like the physical evidence, the pictures, something more than just an invoice for diesel fluid, which you know, to Bob's answers to my questions earlier, seems like it's a regular, not household type of substance, but something that if you have a diesel truck, you are buying this diesel fluid for whatever, meaning that if you're Bigelow Nurseries and you have trucks and diesel engines or whatever, you're buying this sort of thing. So I don't think that that necessarily constitutes enough evidence. Um, I also don't think that, you know, a, a, a fence, you know, buying a fence would constitute that it's being used as a contractor's yard. I just don't think that there was enough evidence from the applicant for the, the time difference in, ter in terms of, the, you know, from January 21 to um, 2023, when they said that it was still being used as a contractor's yard for, for me to overturn Bob's decision. That's kind of my perspective on that. Um, so who wants to go next? 
Mr. Chair? Uh, Brad? Uh, yeah, I would agree with uh, Bob's interpretation as well. Um, this property has come in front of the zoning board in the past, and I want to, for lack of a better term, this property has been under a microscope uh, for the last few years, uh, whether it's been by residents, town staff, including Bob, um, and myself personally driving by, seeing it falling more and more into disrepair, uh, the privacy fence going up immediately after the fact that... Uh, another case for this property went in front of us. Um, I, I just don't see any evidence or anything um, that the applicant has said tonight to overturn what our zoning enforcement officer has brought to us this evening. That's right, uh, Mark. Uh, I would disagree in that I feel that the, uh, no disrespect to Bob, but the people who were there every day are saying that they were using it as operations that are for a contractor yard. Were they using it every day or continuously as such? No, but that's not in the definition that you have to use it, you know, it's four days a week or anything else. It just means that in that time period, was it used as a contractor's yard? I see them loading. I They are testifying that they were loading equipment into trucks occasionally and storing equipment there, which fits the definition of the contractor's yard. I think that they went out of their way to present documentation as far as the invoices that they were using it, I know that this information wasn't presented to Bob in a timely manner, but uh, I think that it um, it tips the scale. And I don't think that uh, a decision that this is not a contractor's yard would survive appeal to a higher court. Okay, thanks, Mark. Um, Susie? Um, I, I tend to agree with Bob um, that, I mean, he's, he's the eyes and ears. And as, as uh, Brad said, he's been watching this property over the past couple of years. And it's been, I, I wasn't on the board when this property came before you guys. Um, so, but Bob was. Um, and as, he also said that I don't think that that these are enough in invoices. Um, I don't really think that they are enough. And I mean, I was kind of surprised by all of the uh, neighbors calling in and they are kind of the eyes and ears. They, I was surprised also by the lack of, uh, if this was a contractor's yard and you have the equipment and you have everything going on there, the lack of like security camera footage or the lack of upkeep, um, the lack of if the stuff is still being stored there, the how the property has just gone downhill so much too. So all of those factors, I'm I'm really leaning with Bob on this. Um, he's the the person that I'm siding with. So that's it. I repeated myself a lot, so I apologize, but thank you. Okay, thanks, Susie. Uh, Jeff? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think I'm more on the fence on this one. Um, I think that the applicant's materials are relatively compelling, and until we heard from the neighbors, I don't think I had much reason to 
doubt their materials, especially the affidavit. Um, and while the neighbor's testimony, I think, is compelling, I think memories do get, it's hard to remember what you saw driving down the street two years ago. I don't remember what I saw driving down the street two days ago. Um, however, uh, I think that, I think it's also telling that the applicant couldn't come up with some more evidence that the yard has been is being used as um, a contractor's yard. Because um, I think that if they had it, then they would have provided us with it. Um, so that's that's what I got. Right. I, I, yeah. I think Jeff, um, just to kind of you know your your point about the the evidence. Right. It's not like they provided no evidence they have some evidence that there was activity on the yard um i think for me you know just whether it's more like work receipts or you know um excise tax for the trucks being located i mean if, they, if there's these trucks that are parked there that they're always there you know they may be registered within north borough um there needs to be something more than we got deliveries of you know, screws and hammers and stuff and, um, you know, diesel fluid for diesel trucks. I mean, you can have a, a, a residential vehicle have a diesel truck in which you need this fluid. But um, I think I just need to see more if it was actually a, a contractor's yard for commercial use for me. But um, Okay. Does anyone else have anything to to add or Mark. Uh, Mr. Chair, I'd like to make the proposal that we uh, vote to override the decision of uh, Mr. Federico on declaring and declare this to be a contractor's yard. Therefore, a vote yes would be to override him, and a vote no would be to uh, hold, uphold his decision. Is that, that good enough for everyone? Yeah. Jeff, was that a second? Yes. Okay. Uh, so Mark made a motion <clears throat> to approve the appeal, to approve the applicant's appeal um, to overrule the building inspector's decision. So a vote of yes would mean that you disagree with Bob and a vote of no means you would agree with Bob's interpretation um, as set forth on this initial appeal. Is that, yep. So Makes Mark sense. made the motion and Jeff seconded. Uh, so we will do a roll call vote. Um, Mark? Yes. Uh, Jeff? Yes. Uh, Brad? No. Susie? No. Uh, and I'm a no. So the um, applicant's appeal is not approved. 
and the decision to overrule has been denied. Um, so next up on the agenda is the consideration of the minutes for January 23, 2024. Mm -hmm. Has everyone had a chance to read the minutes? Is there a motion to approve the minutes? Yeah, Mr. Chair, I'd like to approve the minutes from uh, our January, sorry, what was it, 20, 23rd, um, as submitted. Second. Okay, Brad made a motion to approve the minutes. Mark seconded. Roll call vote. Um, Mark? Aye. Brad? Aye. Susie? Aye. Uh, Jeff? Aye. Uh, and I'm an aye as well. Um, so our next meeting is March 26th. Um, Lori, do you know if the fire station will be coming in front of us for that meeting? Yes. Um, so they will be coming for variants. I'm not okay. quite sure how many variances. Uh, they're, they're finalizing that right now. Um, so... This is considered a by right use under the groundwater protection overlay district. Uh, so they will not be coming to you for site plan approval. They're going to be going to the planning board for site plan approval since there is no groundwater special permit. Uh, and then we won't have a meeting on the 23rd of April. Uh, and then our next meeting after that will be the 28th of May. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I guess is the goal, um, do you know, has the deadline passed for the March meeting yet? Or is that? Um, so they did ask for a couple of more days. Um, and I decided to give them the leeway because there is no April meeting. Um, so okay. we are going to be able to accept their application a couple of days late and still meet our advertising requirements. So uh, I did waive waive that strict deadline. Okay. And is that the only application for that meeting? As far as I know. Okay. Um, and then I guess in terms of any other business, um, has there been any sort of updates with uh, planning board bylaws? I guess, what are the next steps there? I know that they had their public meeting last week or two weeks ago. Um, are they closer to finalizing sort of the bylaws and are there any big changes from when we met with them? Um, there aren't any major changes, ago. but there are some changes to the um, the Highway Business Southwest District. Mm. Um, so they will allow uh, auto filling stations as a special permit use by the planning board. Um, they did take a number of the uses that were originally slated for planning board special permit and they switched them over to ZBA special permit. Um, so generally in locations where the uh, ZBA was 
pretty much across the board already uh, approving those specific uses. Uh, there were a couple of split uses where planning board was um, the special permit authority in the industrial district. So they did uh, some of those, they switched over to you folks and some of those they switched over, uh, they kept as planning board approval. Um, there were some additional modifications that were made to the sign bylaw. Um, and there were some changes that were recommended by town council, uh, which of course are, are kind of a given uh, we, that we make those adjustments to make them legal. Um, so I'm in the process of tracking those changes. And when I'm complete, then I will send it to you folks so you can see the changes that were made. Um, they did continue the public hearing to uh, March 4th. Uh, so we're gonna be meeting on the Monday instead of the Tuesday because of the election. Um, and uh, the reason uh, to continue the public hearing is because we're still waiting for uh, an updated analysis from Judy Barrett on the developable land for the MBTA bylaw. Um, and we did receive the affordability analysis. Uh, if you folks are interested, I'd be happy to forward those to you. Uh, it also has been uploaded, I believe, by now uh, to the MBTA information page. Uh, which is linked to the planning department page. Uh, so if you want to look there, or I'll just send you a link just to, to make it easier for you folks. Um, Please. So. Thank Thanks, Laurie. Yes, that, that would be great. Thank you. What, um, um, what time is that meeting on March 4th? Is gonna it start six? at six o'clock. Conferences that night too. Um, I guess just thinking about this, uh, Lori, the, um, the, the fire station, I believe there's like the variances would be setbacks and for height, right? Yeah, so actually Bob can probably speak to that. Uh, we had a conversation. I had a conversation with the architect. Um, uh, she, she was arguing that, um, the hose tower would not, meet the definition for habitable floor area and therefore the height of the hose tower should be excluded from the height calculation. And uh, Chris Bob is the zoning enforcement officer. So I kicked her over to him to make that determination. So Bob, maybe you want to speak to that. It's not yeah. the clock tower? It's, yeah, it's, it's a hose <laughs> tower that's strictly used for draining hoses and draining. Um, <clears throat> And I referred to the uh, Mass State Building Code for the definition of habitable space. And it talks about spires and things like that. And it, it basically says any kind of utility areas, uh, um, closets, this is a definition. I believe I sent an email to um, Lori about this. Basically, uh, the bottom line is that the, the, the tower um, does not constitute a habitable space. Um, so it's treated kind of like a steeple or a spire, or, you know, a decorative element or something like that, be simply because the interior is not considered habitable under the uh, state building code definition. 
So kind of like uh, the Gillette Stadium Lighthouse? No, it's not going to look like that, but it's, it's something right. like that. You'd be able to see downtown Northborough from the light, lighthouse. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so I, I did, I did receive some revised plans um, late last week that I uh, finished my review today, and there were a couple of other issues that uh, were brought to my attention having to do with the signage, um, and uh, so those that the two signs may or may not come before you for variances as well. That's something that. Kicked over to Bob Frederico again um, to to chime in on whether they would be considered nonprofit signs or not. So Bob, I, I um, to address that question, I uh, the same person I've been contacting back and forth about the height of the hose tower. <laughs> um, she did ask about the signs. Um, I got that email too late to dive into the sign bylaws. Um, so I hope to be getting an answer returned to her by the end of the day tomorrow. Okay. But, if, but, but, but if the signs don't meet the, the general sign bylaws that we have in force right now, um, they will have to be coming for a variance. Okay. Um, I think for the, uh, the fire station, uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, yeah, one thing about the uh, fire station tower, um, is there a possibility or is there already interest in plastering uh, cell phone antennas all around the inside or outside of it, since it's a tall tower? Um, I have not heard anything of the sort. Um, um, keep in mind that if any kind of a cell installation is to be installed, I believe it needs planning board approval. Um, so um, if that were to ever come across, I'm sure the planning board may have something to say about that. Yeah, there are cell phone antennas on the old town hall, aren't there? Up top there? Yes, I'm, there are. Yeah. There are? Okay. Yeah. These things attract them like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a cell tower. There's a cell tower in the church at 40, uh, 40 Church Street. Right. It, it's it's in the steeple. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I I guess just um, so for that, do you think it would be possible? I don't know if anyone else would be interested in doing just like a quick uh, tour of the property and sort of kind of trying to get a better feel for um, just the fire station layout before next meeting. Uh, you want to tour the existing fire station or you no. want to, okay. The new, um, yeah. You want to do a site visit with the architect? Is that what you're talking about? Either the architect or whoever's going to be presenting the plan for our next meeting. Okay. Um, well, if it's going to be a, public hearing though, then it has to be, you know, in the public realm. Uh, they can't give you the presentation privately. It has to be right. a posted meeting. Okay. 
you're, you're welcome to visit the site, you know, uh, on your own. Uh, but once the application is filed, then it, it goes into the public hearing realm. Um, so uh, there can't be any kind of private discussion. At okay. that well, could, could you, or like, could you give us even a layout to our Lori or be like, this is where this is going to be, or maybe one or two of us that we're not breaking form. Yeah, I mean, I I have the plans. Of course, I'm not an expert, um, but I could I could eyeball it. Uh, it would be much easier to have that. To, I mean, I can ask if before they file, although they're planning on filing next week, um, so that's the problem. Um, so if you if you want to do it before they file, then it would have to happen within the next day or so. I, I, that might be a bit challenging to to organize that with the design team because I know they're doing a mad push to get everything ready for next week. Um, we we can we can follow up on email if that works. Okay. Uh, Mark, did you have something, or is it your hand still oh, raised? Sorry, just... I just left it up. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have anything else um, for the meeting tonight. Uh, Susie? Hey, I'll do a plug. I have um, some kindness week coffee hours this week, if anyone wants to come. I have uh, I have two select, two select board um, coffee hours with Laura and Lisa, which is 11 Thursday at C'est La Vie, and then um, our new chief of police is going to be at Gather Provisions, 4 o'clock on Thursday. And just because today was a really nice day, I want to let you know my other, um, the other committee, Community Affairs, we're hammering out our summer concert series. So I just wanted to get everyone excited about that because <laughs> it's almost, it's like nice weather. So even though, you know, we're just setting it up, we have the dates and all set and we're hammering out the bands and it was a nice day today, so I just want to get everyone excited about summer. So, can you even get though Eric it's Clapton? February, huh? Can you get Eric Clapton? I mean, <laughs> if I could, Bob, <laughs> you know, I would. I get, I do, I will tell you, you know, I the bands I say no to go to Southboro. So, that is that <laughs> is like my claim to fame. <laughs> I try to get the best bands in the area. Cool. So. I'm hoping I'm trying to I'm trying to get one of the concerts actually at the new amphitheater on the in the Gonkplex. Gonkplex. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna try to do one there this year. So we could uh could like a launch party, grand opening party. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's it. Not zoning related, but you know, I gotta make a plug for fun stuff too. Great. Thanks, Susie. Yeah. Um, anyone else have anything to add? Mark? I move that we close the hearing. Second. Um, Mark made a motion to close the hearing. Brad seconded quickly. Uh, roll call vote. Mark? Aye. Brad? Aye. Uh, Jeff? Aye. Susie? Aye. Uh, and I'm an aye as well. Thanks, everyone. Thank Have a good you. night. Have a good night, everybody. Take care.